love you. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Sorry. Uh, welcome <laughs> to. <laughs> I, know, I kind of recovery. expected you to go into the uh, the Wicked Witch. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> it's too high-pitched. <laughs> My pitties! Why? Why? <laughs> Get that stupid dog out of my face. This is <gasps> Green and Faceless on the couch. Um, I love dogs, so that wasn't me. That was... um, Whatever they... What's her name? Yeah. You, did you Gilda? do you know of Wicked? No, Gilda's the good witch. Gilda's the good witch. Um, I have read Wicked. I did not love it as much as everybody else, but I think I was in the wrong mindset reading it. Um, right. So I want to. It's one of those I've always wanted to return to, but I don't remember much about it. Yeah, but she, it was also the same name, I think. Anyways, in Once Upon a Time. Oh, maybe you didn't uh, get that far. Hold on, it's literally right in front of me. I'll find it. Oh, oh, okay. He's gonna uh, use the book uh, <laughs> instead of the internet <laughs> because it was in front of him. Elfaba. Elfaba. How? Okay. I don't think that's <laughs> that doesn't sound. Right. I don't think that's right. <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> I, uh... You know, I don't even know what point I was going to try to make with that. So, secret review of The Wizard of Oz and Wicked, I guess. And here we are talking about Stranger Things, specifically Stranger Things 4. Because that's how they name their seasons, just with a number. And that's cool, Well, I guess. I I always, I mean, yeah, I guess they do call it just Stranger Things 4. I thought I always called it Volume 4. Well, it's it's season it's Stranger Things, <clears throat> Stranger Things four, volume one and two. That's fair. Yeah, I just always call them Stranger Things volume one, volume two, volume three, and volume four. <laughs> yeah, that's a personal yeah. thing. But I I think yeah, they, they were did. trying to just go with that like eighties franchise feel. You know, right. I think that's what they're going I, for. Yeah, I thought the uh, the. I mean, again, this is all personal. I haven't looked a lot into the, like the behind the scenes and like why. Well, I've looked a lot into the behind the scenes. I haven't looked into a lot of what their decision processes were for this uh, this season, whatever. But like the uh, it kind it kind of felt because COVID happened. They they filmed this back in like 2019, right. 2020, uh, like right before COVID, and then COVID happened, and the kids in the past two years have no longer they're no longer kids. They're adults now. Right. <laughs> They've right. all grown up. And so I think what happened was like they felt or they they had edited the entire season. It was ready to be out. But then because the kids were aged and the, their idea for season five no longer works because of how old the kids look, they were like, all right, we'll put out the first seven episodes because our first, yeah, seven, because there's nine in this season, right? Nine episodes? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah so that's like, right. So it's like, I feel like they put out the first seven episodes because they were already done. They didn't have to make much changes. But they had to make a lot of editing changes to the last two so that they can make the story of season five that's make fair. sense. I feel, personally, that's what I've, I believe. I I believe it. I believe it. Because, uh, you know, life and everything. 
So, so since the volume one, the first seven, 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 the first seven episodes came out, I have gone on the journey of my complete rewatch of, yeah. of the show <laughs> since like I started it either the day I finished the first volume or this, the day after anyhow, I am on, I'm like a half an hour, maybe I think 40 minutes into the finale episode of volume two, which is two and a half hours, just to warn you, they they play yeah. with the time a lot in this in this series. My, my and, biggest <clears throat> issue in this this season. Yeah, I know you don't like it, but I, there's reasons why I like it. But they did they did do it a lot. Yeah, a little <laughs> too much, too much fluctuation in their episode uh, runtime, specifically for season four. Yeah, it's, biggest, it, it's my well, fault. it's usually an hour 15 ish that's the average i'll say but you know with the 230 episode being the outlier <laughs> yeah well i mean even that even that second to last episode i think was an hour and 30 like that's yeah, true and mm-hmm. yeah and there was a lot of there was a lot of episodes that came close to 120 or like uh yeah, yeah. that's true it's too much because here's the thing, like, when I first came upon Stranger Things, I mean, the episodes back then, they were still fluctuating. They were like 50 to 60 episodes right. per season, maybe even 70 episodes per se- uh 70 minutes per season. I mean, it was like the first show that I was able to binge watch by myself in a long time. Because it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I've kind of been sour to that um, through personal experience that like when I'm by myself, I can't binge watch a show unless it's like Doctor Who. But Stranger Things came along, and I fucking binged that shit, and it was great. I yeah. loved it. And then season four came out, and I couldn't fucking do that because I don't have that much time at the end of the night. <laughs> right. I'd be like, right. one episode would end, and I'd be like, all right, that was an hour and a half. How long is the next episode? Click. Oh, it's also an hour and a half. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. I got to go to bed. Yeah, I do feel that. I do feel that. And you know what, though? It does make you come back and watch it the next day. I will say that. It does. But it's just the one show that I actually want to binge watch, and they made it impossible to binge watch it. <laughs> and I think that they did it on purpose, and if that makes you more mad, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I feel, like, I feel like they honestly had 11 episodes of uh, 60 to 70 sure. minute length, but then they're, you know, then they're just like, fuck it. We don't want to do this. <laughs> so then they just yeah. like cut them all into bigger long uh, less but big episodes yeah that makes sense (laughs) Uh, i think yeah there might have been some filler that got cut out i don't know there usually is so here we are i'm gonna do a quick synopsis of seasons one through three because uh, it's going to be really fucking hard to talk about <laughs> Stranger Things right. without some background. That being said, also, we're we're probably going to be talking some spoilers in these uh, first three uh, seasons because, once again, it will be really hard to talk about the other one. So, right. <clears throat> season one, Stranger Things classic story of it's not really a classic story but it does feel like <laughs> 80s um and because it, it's based in the 80s and mike will lucas 
and Dustin. There they are. There's the four of them. They're playing D and D, and on the way home from that, uh, Will Byers, played by Noah Schnapp, gets taken by something. Well, he goes missing. Anyways, we get to. We, we know that something was after him, the, the audience. Right. And uh, Winona Ryder, his mom, playing Joyce, uh, you know, she's uh, going – she's becoming – she becomes very distressed about that and, and is trying to find him and whatnot. Yeah. But on the look for Will, uh, the, the other boys meet Eleven, played by Millie Bobby Brown – and she's a little girl who ends up having psychokinetic powers. Yeah. Woo woo. Yeah, it's very Stephen King heavy, a lot of inspiration. Yes. yes. You know, there's a lot of uh a lot of love for the king and uh, especially the king horror. That's right. That's right. So we find out that Will has been taken to a place that Eleven calls the upside down. And it is uh, Hawkins, but gross. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It looks like a nuclear. Uh, I always got the feel of nuclear, especially with yeah. the the dust or like a volcano went off. Yes, Mr. Trump or Mr. Bush. <laughs> yeah. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. Nuclear. Uh, is that not more like... Um, Mr. Rogers, nuclear. I think it was, I just I just remember people making fun Howdy of Bush. Doody. I think when he was, I, I oh, can't yeah. remember if he said nuclear or what he said, but he said it. He said it very weird, and everybody was just like, "The fuck he just said." <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know I said it weird until today. Until Anyhow. I made fun of you for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I, though. Uh, I wouldn't even know how else to say it. Yeah, nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah, it's just nuclear. Yeah. That's what I said, nuclear. though. You said nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah, you went nuclear. <laughs> Maybe I heard it weird. We're talking over internet. Uh, it's possible whatever. that it just lagged for we'll, a second. <laughs> we'll find out in post. Yeah. I do want to say before we go further, though, that I don't even think we established that it's, it takes place, this, this show takes place in Hawkins, Indiana. So that's, that's very right. personal to both of us. After our our government uh, uh, shindig, where we lived our lives underground in bunkers for that's right centuries out in Area Fifty Two. Yeah, in Area Fifty Two. <laughs> 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 Once they released us to good fam- uh, good human families, though, we, we we those human families were in the good old Indiana Midwest, right? And uh, and so that, you know a- there. There is a good portion of this story that takes place in a lab with Eleven. So, you know, we both feel very, at least I do, feel very attached yeah. to Eleven uh, because, you know, she gets, you know, poked and prodded for the sake of science. Yeah, she's government experiment, baby. We know what that's, that's like. That's right. That's right. There's a lot and of this show that's just right up our alleys. It's D&D. That's it's right. It's in Indiana. Got a lab experiment. Stephen King. Like, yep. <laughs> there's a bunch of shit. It's all calling to me. That's <laughs> why I love this shit. show. It, it calls uh, to me. It does. It is It is definitely right up our alley. And I think that we're in danger of, of just talking about it for hours. And and that's going to be okay, <laughs> except for that we're recording it the day before. <laughs> so, 
that br- does bring me to Papa, uh, Papa. uh, Dr. Brenner, uh, Martin Brenner, we find out in, in this series, at least they use it a few more times than they did in previous seasons, uh, played by, where the fuck are you? I'm scanning Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. Thanks. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he experiments on little children to make them into, uh, uh, you know, government weapons, government weapons. That's right. So in season one, people does it (laughs) experiment on little children In season one. We find out that you can, you can somehow communicate between these two dimensions through electronics uh, not necessarily electronics lights you can do it through lights and uh electricity i guess so will somehow conveys to his mom that uh he's on the this other side and through the help of some discoveries from uh mike being uh finn wolfhart's uh wolfhard is it Wolf Hard? Yeah, Wolf Hard, yeah. Okay, I thought it was Wolf Hard with like a T sound. But anyways, Mike oh, Wheeler, yeah, his his sister, Nancy Wheeler, and Will's brother, Jonathan, played by uh uh Natalie Dreyer and Charlie Heaton, respectively, they find some clues that lead them to uh a gate to the upside down and yeah, maybe yeah they they also uh then with the help of hopper jim hopper played by dave harborough uh they get will back and that is basically the the plot of season one i don't want to go too long about it i do want to mention the other two kids because i talked about everybody else uh dustin henderson being gatton Gatton Matarazzo and Lucas Sinclair, played by Caleb McLaughlin. Yeah, which is crazy because I I I know a Caleb McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, I swear I know a Caleb McLaughlin. I know I know a Sean McLaughlin, and uh, you know I that nobody's gonna find yeah. him due to that. I'm sure, it's a super common name. Yeah, Anyhow, that's, uh, that's season one. It's that's very exciting. One. It's uh, yeah. it's it's really well compact, very D and D focused. One thing I love about that season and and the seasons to come is that you know episode one they start off with a D and D game, right? If I'm remembering right. correctly, yeah. And in that D and D game, they set up the events for everything that's going to happen in season one. This is true. It's really cool. I love that it kind of cool. stuff. And they they do that for the rest of the seasons too, because I I know for a fact they did that in season four. Like, uh, you know, it's exciting. Right. I, I, that's the kind of, that's the kind of storytelling I like is when you're foreshadowing the events to come and you're doing it in a fun way that feels right. Uh, like it's like it's part of the environment. Like it's like it was you know. And they also you're not going play out of your way. the classic demon lord, the Demogorgon. Yeah, uh, in in their game, and they end up calling the monster that they meet the Demogorgon. And if you don't know anything about the show, it's this tall, pale-skinned, lanky thing that almost looks like a hand, a uh, human, but does not have a face. Instead, has like this 
star sectioned thing that curls up like a um, flower bulb. And on the yeah, inside, like a, there's a shit ton of teeth. I want to say it's like a lotus flower, but I might also, I might not know a lotus no, flower. I don't know. Like, so I'm searching that. It's, it's similar. They curl up like a lotus flower, but the, the lotus flower itself does not look like their face. So that's a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> but they're a cool so, monster. Yeah, it's a cool monster. Super creepy, super sci-fi. Uh, it, it's just, it's really good. And yeah, they call it the Demogorgon, which if you know anything about D&D, especially 5e, that's like a very uh, underestimation of this creature, especially since... In the next season, our enemy of focus is the Mind Flayer, which, yeah, which Elithids, at least, and and the current version of D&D, all right, you know, that this is years (laughs) before, so I don't know. I might be speaking on my ass for the lore of the time period, but current D&D, I'm going to push up. My glasses on the, from the bridge of my nose here, <laughs> and elithids um, <laughs> are a race of beings who are yes super powerful and have some psychic kinetic powers, um, and they have a hive mind, but they they are not more powerful than the legendary Timicorgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very. I'm very curious because I kind of want to go back to 80s D and D to like original D and D. Yeah, and uh, what was his name? Gary Gygax. Like, yeah, I want to go back Gary. to his version and yeah. and like see how much you know. I'm sure they did a great the the whole show. By the way, it's it's created mostly written, mostly directed by the Duffer Brothers. They have a, other writers and directors helping them out, but right. it's mostly their their visionary baby. And like, I I know they did a lot of research, so I'm very curious to go back to 80s D and D and see how these characters that they're adapting relate to those versions yeah, of, of the character way I, I back would in the too. Yeah. Especially like the old classes and stuff. I would be very interested in that too. Yeah. And the kids have their own classes too. Like, uh, cause you, you said that you and your wife, when you were watching it, were trying to figure out like what classes. Yeah. And, we uh, were. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I, it, it's I very mean, much. Mike is the DM, but later in the show, especially this last season, I think Paladin is the fit. Yeah, well, he's um, no offense to Paladins, but in this, he's, yeah. he's starting to become a little useless. Let's be honest here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he says it himself. At least Lois Lane was a crack reporter, <laughs> <laughs> and then Will has to get. Oh, sorry. It's just uh, there's there's issues with season four, but like one of them is that Will Will and other characters are very useless, but they give them like fakey roles. Like, cause, cause, uh, sorry, I said, Will. I meant Mike, I Mike is relatively useless, yeah. but I, I was going to say, because Will tells Mike, he's just like, you're not useless. You're the heart of us. You get us, you know, you get us pumped and like, we, we can do it. We know we can. It's just like, yeah, he, he kind of just does that the, for one person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I will say in the earlier seasons, it makes sense what he says. He, he right. did not. He this season he did not have a chance to do very much. This this is true, yeah. but that is because there is a, a lot of separation, and we'll get into that. But in these earlier seasons, he is the leader of the party. It's a democracy, but he is the leader of the party. They right. they pretty much do what he says unless they argue about it. And, and that's kind of a another beautiful thing, though, is like as the kids have gotten older, as they've all 
developed motivations as they've all brought in new new uh party members if you will um, yes his leadership has has shrunken you know by season four he's no longer like a leader because there's so many of them that and they all have their own desires and paths that like you know that the party split basically this is true this is true and i like and that i do like that. more into that we will get in more into that but we're two seasons ahead of ourselves so in season two, L at the end of season one, rather, is dead for all intents and purposes. Everybody thinks she's either dead or in the upside down or something. And, uh, but really, she is hunkering down with the sheriff, Jim Hopper. Not, he's not a sheriff, he's the chief of police. Um, so I don't know if there's really a difference for this town or if he takes both titles like in misery. Remember in misery <laughs> when he, when she calls, she's like, I need to talk to either the chief of police or the sheriff. And he's like, well, you got both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Here I uh, am. <laughs> so, uh, Dave Harborough becomes her protector and provider and the rules are that is that she has to stay secret and um, she can only have egos once a day or something like that. <laughs> I forgot she was so into egos. Yes. I forgot about yeah, that. she's super into egos and it is it, it's definitely stronger in the first couple seasons. She gets introduced to egos by Mike. It's the first thing that uh, he feeds her. And, you know, Love it's probably the first sweet she's really ever had maybe they had jello and pudding at, at the the laboratory who knows yeah I'm, i imagine it was mostly gruel and maybe yogurt <laughs> yeah maybe yogurt oh man oh that reminds me of this work thing i did a couple weeks ago i told you guys about it where i had to work like a couple of uh extremely long days and they provided catering and one day they brought over this breakfast that had yogurt that had been heated up that with nasty. fruit in it. That's nasty. Yeah. It, I, we uh, were all like, this is inedible. We ate the granola in it because they had put that honestly, in Honestly, if but, anybody ever provides me yogurt, I say no. Like, unless I buy it, unless it's in a cup or something, I don't want it. I don't trust it. I don't know what's, what it is. Because yeah. yogurt yogurt's very specific by brand by you know everything yeah you know, if you get one type of yogurt it's got a shit ton of sugar if you get another type of yogurt it tastes like ass like <laughs> it's, it's got to be a very specific right. yogurt for me so if anybody's just like you want this yogurt i'll be like nope i'm good <laughs> yeah pass me over yeah unless they're like holding out like a personal package that's still sealed and i don't know like how long it it's came. been out of the fridge <laughs> okay, if I, if I saw them reach it out of the cooler that I can tell has ice in it, I'll take it. But how long was it out from the fridge before it got put into that cooler? <laughs> God damn it, Greg. Nope. You guys just trust people. <laughs> no, I, know, I, know I have you trust know. issues, man. <laughs> you don't have to, so we'll move on. Uh, in this season, not only is she trying to keep quiet but she is using her powers to check on mike every once in a while and mike uh is not being a very great friend to dustin lucas and will uh but they do meet 
Max Mayfield, uh, a new main yeah. character, a member of the party, played by Sadie Singh. Max. Now, Mike is very, uh, very much uh, kind of rubs against the grain of wanting having her in the in the group. Will's right. kind of neutral to it, uh, but Lucas and uh, Dustin they both have a major crush on her. And they're both fine for her attention. Oh, I forgot. Not to spoil who, who wins the attention, but I forgot that yes. Dustin had a crush on her too. This is true. He does. He at this point. And so uh, I forgot all about Steve uh, the Hare Harrington. Yeah, yeah. I forgot I like my favorite character. He, I wasn't gonna say anything, is, but I knew you I knew you'd get to him. Well, he's important throughout the show. He's Nancy's boyfriend in the first season they they get together and, and to be fair uh, he is a bit of a dick in the first season so i understand why we, we passed dick. over him then uh in the in the f- first season i i say that but it's mostly peer pressure from his huge asshole psychopath friends um yeah. and he he br- does break it off with them and redeems himself in that season but at the end of the season you're still wondering why is nancy still with this person i mean he tries sure but um anyhow he's not my definitely not my favorite character in that season but he he kind of wedges himself in there in this season because he meets and gets to know dustin and i'm trying to remember the circumstance exactly uh but they do he working? just get they just bond with each other and it's great what job was, was he before, working in season two this is before the mall okay. this is before the mall so that was third season when he was in the mall okay. that was third season i yeah. heard that there was a uh, a jokey spinoff proposal for <sighs> uh for steve and robin who is another character we'll get to i think in season three um Robin That's Buckley, right. played by the great Maya Hawk, uh, who I found out was uh, the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman, and has some beautiful fucking music. If you ever have the time, just go out and check out some of Maya Hawk's uh, music. She's amazing. But they're my favorite characters, Steve and Robin. I still have not done that. I'm sorry. But uh, I don't think we said that Steve is played by Joe Keery. I Thank think you. it's Keery. Yeah. yeah, and he's he just got into a movie. I can't remember. Uh, maybe it was Free Guy That's with cool. Ryan Reynolds. Um, oh, cool! He was yeah. It came out last year, actually. But uh, anyways, uh, I heard there was this proposed. Uh, I say proposed. It was a fan fan spinoff theory where it's just Steve and Robin. Just every single new season, they're in a new weird location <laughs> of work and working yeah. together. Yeah. I fucking love that idea because they just. <laughs> Well, season uh, three, they're working at an ice cream shop in the mall. Season four, they're working at a video store. <laughs> like, that's true. That's true. And we will get into why that happens. But in season two, I mentioned the Mind Flayer. Uh, yeah. The Mind Flayer and its portrayal in this early season is this giant shadow sh- uh, spider creature. Uh, yeah. But it almost kind of has a encephalopod-shaped head, uh, but it is just like a shadow or or dust or something, yeah. and it exists in the upside down. And we discover, especially through information from Will, who had spent so much time over there, that it controls 
all the rest of the upside down, the, the demogorgons and, and they, we run into more demogorgons, uh, yeah. as, the, as his foot soldiers. Demodogs. That's right. Demodogs. And, um, <clears throat> the lab has been taken over by a different doctor and, uh, Dr. Brenner has disappeared. Dr. Sam Owens played by Paul Reiser. Uh, he, he is also trying to help Will recover. He believes that Will just has post-traumatic stress syndrome, but it turns right. out that the Mind Flayer is very subtly controlling Will. He becomes a spy for the party on the Mind Flayer, but the Mind Flayer, because the Mind Flayer is actually controlling him, ends up spying on the party meanwhile eleven leaves and goes to uh. <laughs> some city i don't remember if it's indy or i don't know it might we be chicago those two episodes i think out. it's chicago it's chicago it's really just one episode like they they are in they are the first scene of the season this new yeah. this new group but basically she meets a new person who was at the lab with her eight and um i man am i gonna pull up who, who played eight <laughs> just a minute just like the the amount of like am i really doing this <laughs> am i really going into these characters i believe it's that i believe she actually went by collie because she remembered what her name was it's um, Linnea Berthelsen. She is a Danish actor, uh, and she lives in London. Uh, she trained in um, yes. uh, London there for a long time. But anyways, she's not very important to the part to the plot after this. And I really hope they bring her back <laughs> in season five because I thought she was cool. I thought what she could well, do that's, was that's cool, the plan, but honestly, they did like, not there's... use. It basically was L is rebelling against Hopper for the, the whole show and and, and she right. leaves and then she meets this woman who is like her, who is a rebel and she had, but she has a cause <laughs> and she, <laughs> sorry, that was so stupid. <laughs> You say stupid. I say great job, sir. Uh. So she goes around like murdering people. I don't know why I'm taking so much time to go into this, but she murders people who hurt her and her friends. And um, Elle decides that's bad because the person they were going to kill, even though it she hurt this person hurt Elle as well, uh, she... Right finds out he has kids and is like no we can't do this and she and she kind of just discovers who she is a little bit before all this she does yeah. meet her and mother who's in a coma and that's how she gets to this point and that's that's more important than honestly gotcha. this little but it's it's tangent. it's a nice moment for l it definitely is but here's the thing is we learned in this season in season four the most recent one that the duffer brothers have been planning this since the beginning it's not you know right. a lot of times with television shows they have a loose idea but they let the audience like move things around to you know make the story better for the fans uh but this this season in season four you learn certain things 
that when you look back at the rest of the show and you pay attention more to like sound effects and certain things, like let's say a clock ticking, that's been there since the beginning. They've been planning all this mm-hmm. since the beginning. And so with that, with those, epi- with that episode, with those characters that are brought in during this very weird and honestly very hated episode of, <laughs> you know, L's, L's sidetrack, cause a lot of people hated that stuff. Um, but like, I feel like, you know, the Duffer Brothers would have looked at it and been like, eh, it's not that strong of an episode, but we need these characters for season five. We need them for the finale. And, you know, they're going to be, I feel like they're going to be important for the finale well, because while it's a big character moment for L, they could have easily have rewritten it for a better character moment for L, the exact same yeah. character moment using a different circumstance. This is true. So, like, I feel like those characters are very important outside of I would hope just that so. one episode. I would hope so. But when they didn't come back in season three, it was like, okay, then why? Yeah. <laughs> But right. so we're, we're yeah, waiting. Seems hopefully, like hopefully they do bring that in. So uh, eventually they do uh, find out that heat being the weakness of the creatures of this world, that they could sweat the uh, mind flayer out of will. So uh, Joyce and Jonathan do that, basically almost kill him. Uh, we also get introduced to one of my favorite characters uh murray he he's kind of annoying <laughs> yeah he, he murray bauman is a journalist played by uh brett gelman and he wants to he, he gets involved because he is looking into uh barbara's death she is a student who died in the first season and was nancy's best friend uh trying barbara holland played by shannon purser um yeah she was in the first few episodes and makes an appearance in this series i don't remember making an appearance in season four she she doesn't say anything I remember they. I remember they replayed her death sequence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I remember. I know yeah. what you're saying. I remember yeah. now. Yeah. I didn't recognize her. <laughs> yeah, me either. I don't think it really is her. Sorry, it's like, I think it's just a prop, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to look like her. <clears throat> Anywho, they they do that, and at the same time, L comes back, ex machina style. And uh, takes care of the demodogs and also takes Hopper down and to the lab where uh, the gate was reopened under Sam Owen's nose. And they close it. Well, Eleven closes it. <laughs> and she, yeah. she, she finds out that her name is Jane from her mom, if I didn't mention that, uh, by her, from her, from her yeah. aunt. I guess. Yeah, she doesn't she take Hopper's last name too? So it's yes. like her name is Jane Hopper. That's right. Her name is okay. Jane Hopper for the third where she does start going to school with these guys, but it's summer break, so they don't actually show that. Uh, but <laughs> and she's also getting pretty steady with Mike. She is getting pretty steady with Mike. In fact, that's a big theme in this is that they're getting a little too steamy in the in the bedroom with Hop in the next room, and he's like, at least three inches. 
<laughs> like the whole show. He also gained a lot of weight season yes, three. Yes, he did. He's very stressed about it. Very stressed about it. Uh, boy. Uh, also, like, uh, in the first season, we do learn that Hop had a daughter uh, that passed yeah. away from an illness. And um, so it, he is kind of experiencing all that fatherhood that he thought he might but at much after he thought he would right yeah yeah so yeah he's got that stress and joyce is trying to help him by telling him things to do and you know from the previous two seasons you really think that joyce and and hopper that this is okay hold on a second so i forgot to talk about sean astin Sean Astin's yeah. in season okay. two. I just love him in season two. He's Bob yeah. the Superman. I'll leave yeah. what happens alone. But he did date Joyce. So in the right. third season, they keep on teasing that Jim and Hopper are going to get together. And at the end, to spoil that romance for you, they do agree to go on a date. But then Jim dies. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, so quotation marks because if there's one thing this show can't do, it's kill main characters. No, I can't. It's not allowed. Well, um, so not yet. In this season, uh, it's the the mind flayer again, but it's a little bit different. He uh he starts taking over like he did Will Byers, other people, and kind of making this army. That can melt itself and become big, gross, Ugh. melty monsters in the shape of the mind flayer, and they called them yeah. the flayed. And uh, yeah, it, it it's gross. And there's an old woman who eats fertilizer in, in it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and gross. Billy. Don't and forget Billy. about Billy. I did forget about Billy almost a little bit. Uh, he's very important to this season, less important to last season, besides the fact that he is Max's older, abusive stepbrother. Uh, he basically tries to control everything Max does under threat of violence uh, and also has something real bad against Lucas, probably because he's black. Uh, it's not probably. super explained, but uh, that is my guess. But he is they the do get most the, Stephen King character of all of the characters. Yeah, like hands down. Yeah, and honestly, he I is, yeah he I, is the even after we find out that his dad's a jerk, uh, I still hate him. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the thing is like this show does, uh, and he's played by Dacre Montgomery, by the way. Thank you. And who um, great, great job by yeah, Dacre he does Montgomery. a good job. He, he, yeah, he's that like third act villain that's always in the the Stephen King books, where it's just like you know they're going after the main villain, and then here comes the bully to come along and attack the the heroes before they can get to that you know you know get to the fight. So right. like in uh, in it. You know, it's Henry Bowers chasing the kids down while they're after hunting after the clown. You know, him, Henry Bowers goes into the sewer there. Like, it, it's he is the most Stephen King. It's great. Like, it, even though his character sucks, not not sorry, his character doesn't suck. It's a great character. Yeah, yeah. Even though his character's an ass, yeah, a complete he's, ass. He's an yes, but yes, a dick hole. But with with all of these characters, though, like the Duffer Brothers do a good job at trying to work in some kind of empathy some kind of emotional yeah. like emotional sympathy yeah. for the audience like as you mentioned 
his father is abusive as well. That's where a lot of his issues stem from is from his uh, That's right. parental relations. And he just takes and, it uh, out. There's on another Max. one. There was another one. Who was the, there was like, other, there's other boy like Steve. There's, you know, as you mentioned with Steve, like in the first season, he's kind of a bit of a dick. Right. But there's, when you, when you dive into his character, you see where it's coming from. Yeah. And that's what I love about it is that you, you can tell where all these emotions are coming from. And, you know, they all feel like real characters, even if it still feels like a crazy big D and D Stephen man. King story. He is it's great. He is definitely a broken individual. I mean, he drives at, uh, 95 mile miles an hour when he's going slow and yeah <laughs> it's it's like everybody's afraid but max is a pretty decent driver despite being i don't know 13 or whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever weird age is supposed yeah. to be right so uh in yeah. this season he is the chosen vessel to be the leader of the flayed by the mind flayer and so you get the voice of the mind flayer through billy for a good portion of this season and it is pretty creepy and uh from my rewatch i can say there is a lot in season three that points at what's going on in, in season four um, it, it's without being like too much. Oh, that's what they're talking about. That's what they're talking. It's, but there yeah. is definitely a lot more that there is a personal vendetta against L and, Ooh. uh, that, that makes sense up to this point without knowing what happens in season four. And I know I'm just right. vaguely <laughs> nodding towards what happens, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> That makes sense because she's been the one to thwart this enemy the whole time. Yeah, she's their powerhouse. So Hawkins Lab gets torn down and a mall gets erected there. The Starcrest, I think, something like that. Anyhow, it turns out that it was run by Russians and the corrupt mayor allowed <laughs> them to move in and, and make it for some money. And they yep. are reopening the gate with their laser and that's how the mind flare gets here and anyhow joyce joyce is really the one who figures it out because of the stupid magnets yeah (laughs) and uh she gets help from the teacher uh scott clark i forget who plays scott clark he's not in this season yeah this is like his only part in the third season too but he's um the kids science teacher and he's really cool very much uh, a nerd's nerd and uh you know he tells the kids they got to go on their uh journeys of curiosity why are you trying to shut this curiosity door uh that's something that dustin <laughs> says to him in the first season i couldn't find his name but i do like that character so i'm sorry i don't know why he's not in the season what happens then? They blow up the mall. <laughs> they blow up the laser, really, so that they can't uh, open up the gate. And uh, in the meantime, as I said, Jim dies. And, uh, oh yeah, and Murray helps them with this because uh, he speaks Russian and knows Jim. That's basically how they won that one. 
Yeah, there's a lot of basically all. It, it, here's another problem with the whole show, and another problem with season four is pretty much it always boils down to Elle screaming with her hand held out while she has a nosebleed, <laughs> and that's what it. Every single season so far has boiled down to that. This is and true, and it's still even even with all the formulas like yeah. of, of this how these seasons work, it's still super fascinating. I don't care. That yeah. they can do this next season as well, and I am still gonna be on the couch going, "Fucking do it! Come on!" <laughs> like I'm still gonna be excited. Let's say that this is a D and D show, so they have to figure out the puzzle, right? So they do that, right. and that's the really interesting part is is the different groups of people coming if coming together and then figuring out that they're all. <laughs> On the same thing. That's what these first three seasons are always about. Everybody's investigating right. the same thing, but separately because they're trying to keep each other safe. That's usually the excuse. Like, let's <laughs> let's keep the parents out of this because one, they won't believe us, and and two, they're not right. going to let us do this, and and that'll be more dangerous than not. Uh, <laughs> and then the parents are like, okay, well, let's keep the kids out of this this time because it's, it's obviously not safe. dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they can't handle themselves. They can't handle themselves. So and nobody go to the cops. Goddamn it! Nobody, nobody go, go to the, the cops. cops except for Hopper. Except for Jim. Yeah, because <laughs> he is the police. In fact, he does like use that excuse at one point. He's like, "Oh no, to to Mike." In season three, he like he's like uh, he does not actually take Joyce's advice. And threatens Mike, saying, you have to stop seeing my daughter. It has to stop. And if you don't think that I mean it, I will do something. And he's like, you will not. And he's like, I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. But Okay, so I think we've gotten to season four. And I'll, I'll quickly try to synopsize what's going on in season four. Let's do that. So... The, the party is split at the end of season three. Uh, L and the buyers is it buyers buyers yeah, buyers it's buyers buyers. I had a moment momentary lapse with ice cream. I was just like, is it buyers? No, it's buyers. You're right. Uh, but yeah, L joins the buyers and moves out to California under a new name. I can't remember. Does it's she go still under Jane, Jane Hopper. Hopper. It's still okay. Jane Hopper. And they all keep their names, but they're in yeah, hiding. They're out there. Right, yeah, they're hiding, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, they're out there in California. She's having trouble accessing her powers uh, yeah. because of the strain of the last season, because of other, a lot of shit going on. Uh, too much to explain and talk about. She has, she doesn't have her powers right now. Their powerhouse is weakened. Yeah. And so she's out there. Mike's very sad. He's still stuck in Indiana. His girlfriend's out in California. So him and... Who travels? Oh, nobody. Does he just go by himself, or Who's does he this? go out to California? Mike on Mike, his, on summer yeah, break. Uh, yeah, for it's for spring break. He spring goes break. out. Uh, yeah, I think by, just by himself? himself. Yeah, Nancy. The initial wow. the initial plan was for Nancy to go too, but she ended up right. getting a job. And uh, or something. <laughs> yeah. Her there and was, Jonathan there was have excuses not to go see each other. Yeah, there was something important that she decided she needed to stay in there. Uh, I think I don't know. It did seem like it was job. Related. Their relationships. And then, yeah, yeah their relationships strange. weird right now. It's so complicated. is Elle's 
and Mike's, to be fair, though. I mean, yeah, they're, they both have long-distant relationships, and they get weird. Yeah, everybody is split, and it's very – that's the, that's one big issue of this season. Not an issue as in, like, a detriment to the season's entertainment, but it is an issue in regards to how the story is told, why the episodes are super fucking long. Yeah. Is because you have Jonathan and Will Byers and Mike and Elle all out in California, along with that's the right. new character – um. What's the stoner kid's name? Argyle. Argyle, thank you. I Who fucking plays Argyle? love Gar- Ed- Argyle. Eduardo Franco. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's got the best weed. Him and Jonathan are smoking it up constantly. <laughs> um, he doesn't really do much at all for the show until one episode, but that's fine. <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> hey, but yeah. pizza tank, mind battle. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I love that. I love that line too. The L's just like I'm reaching to you out, or I'm reaching out to you through a pizza tank or something. Like yes, that. yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, it's dumb. I love it. But the, yeah, you got the party split though. You got them way out, way the fuck out there. You got um, spoiler alert. Jenna Hopper's not dead. He uh, in the most dumb like Doctor Who ending of a cliffhanger ever. Like you know, within like. Ending a cliffhanger within three minutes of opening the next episode. He, he escaped his death in a miraculous event and was captured and sent to Russia. And he's, uh, um, yeah, he, he is in, held in a, in a gulag, maybe. I don't know. Just I don't, a jail. I don't, yeah. It's, it is a very secret prison. Uh, yeah. Like it's not even on the USSR's maps. Uh, and that is for very it's super specific off reasons. Books. Yeah, and and because of, because he's out there, you got uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Winona. I, I just know her as Winona. Joyce. <laughs> Joyce. Joyce and yeah. Murray. Yeah, they are on the mission to rescue Jim. So they just leave their kids. Yeah, well, Murray, Murray doesn't have kids. He doesn't fucking yeah. care. But <laughs> Joyce just leaves her kids just hanging out in California. She's like, I'll be back. I'm going to go to fucking Russia and save Jim. Like, <laughs> Okay. I mean, she says she's going to Alaska because uh, the Britannicas live out there and she works for right. the encyclopedia company. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just quickly, quickly synopsizing right, right, right. that. She literally just leaves her fucking kids in California <laughs> yeah, so she, she can go save a dude in Russia. Like it's, it's bold, very bold. And then you have the rest of the kids all still back in Hawkins where all of the action is happening. And that action is uh, there's an individual they're calling him Vecna um, I don't want to say who he's played by no. before the spoiler wall. I'll wait until the spoiler wall to mention who plays Vecna. But he's amazing. He is so fucking amazing. That's the reason I've been doing that Max voice. That's that's Vecna. He's, he he's, is the villain. I love it. Yeah. Very menacing. And uh, But he is uh, – in, in first episode, you see two new characters. You have Eddie. Uh, Eddie Munson played amazingly by Joseph Quinn. Who is the leader of the kids' new D and D club? They're uh, they're part of what's it called? Hell Hellfire. Yep, the Hellfire Club. It's an X Men reference. Okay. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it ha- yeah. Sorry, nerd. It, it comes very shortly before the the Black Phoenix. Nice. It's part of the Black nice. Phoenix. Yeah, because the kids the kids are in high school now, right? Like I think they're freshmen. Yes, um, <clears throat> yes yeah. they are. And and Eddie Besides is a Erica. senior. He runs. Right. 
Uh, Eddie is a senior. He runs, uh, we didn't even mention Erica. Erica is Lucas's, uh, right. younger sister played by Priya, uh, Priya Ferguson or Priya Ferguson. She is great. Uh, sorry. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure how if it's she's interested. She's introduced um, in season two officially. I think the character exists in the background, but I'm not sure it's played by Priya. I'm not sure that it is. Yeah. And she's beautiful. I, I fucking love her. Yeah, she's um, so hilarious. Yeah. yeah, and and Eddie is the Eddie Munson is the leader though of the Hellfire Club, this high school D and D group that gets a lot of shits in the eighties. D and D is getting heavily ridiculed in the media. Satanic. You know, it's violent. It, it's satanic. Yeah, it's it's awful. And uh, a cheerleader, uh, Chrissy. Chrissy. Yep, Chrissy. Chrissy. Okay, I was trying to remember. I couldn't remember her name. All I can remember is the the basketball captain being like, "Chrissy, I love I you. Love you you're I best." Love you. <laughs> I hated that. It's so so cringe. Um, but it's good cringe. It's it's what they're trying for. But yeah. anyways, Chrissy comes to Eddie for drugs, and they basically after a, a bunch of events, they go back to his trailer so he can get her some drugs. And while they're there. Uh, Chrissy, who has been having visions, having, you know, she's been having auditory hallucinations as well as visual hallucinations, uh, specifically of a grandfather clock. Uh, while they're at Eddie's trailer, she gets possessed by Vecna. And I, I yep. say possessed, it's not really possession, but it's more basically she hovers up into the air. Yeah. And Eddie is screaming, like, you know, wake up, wake the fuck up. I don't like yep. this. Like, what are you doing? And while she's in the air, all of her bones snap and yeah, it's really it's gross, so really terrifying. It's so good because it's like that whole first episode. I'm like, you know, I'm loving it. It's fun, but it's very high school campy. And I didn't like that. All the characters were split up. I wasn't feeling good in that first episode. I was like, man, there's so much, so much like at fault here. And then it has that ending where Eddie is yeah. just like in the trailer watching this girl just like completely just all of her bones break and everything and it's it yeah. is terrifying there's some and I got really that good cliffhangers in this season like more better yeah. than all the other seasons i think yeah and i immediately got that i want to binge watch again feeling because it, like close to the end of the first episode i was not feeling like i was going to binge watch this season but at the end of the episode i was like yeah i want to binge watch this season <laughs> wasn't able to because the episodes are fucking long but it's fine um but now eddie's on the run and the Hellfire Club is under a lot of, you know, the Hellfire Club specifically being uh, Lucas and, uh, well, actually, Lucas, he's on the basketball team now. He's on both. Um, he's on both. Yeah. Uh, he's both in this club and on the basketball team. And that's one of the first major right. con conflicts between the characters' relationships is that he's got a championship game the night of the final <laughs> uh, session of the campaign. Yeah. And in that final session, uh, Dustin loses and the villain wins, I think, right? Maybe I know, I know, no, Erica I has a good role too. No, yeah, uh, right, uh, but they lost first because he had a bad role. Yes, uh, he misses, but yeah. uh, not Vicky, what's her name? Uh, Erica, Erica, she. Princess Applejack or whatever yeah. character's name, she kills him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. What when they defeat him? I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember if it was. Yeah. But like, it's basically setting up what happens at the end of this season, which is 
great. Again, yeah. this is they do this every time with the villains, and I fucking love it because it's not a wholehearted victory. It's there's you know there's a lot of mistakes. Their plans does, do not go well, and I you know that's that's the exciting thing is like you know I, I fucking love that. That's mm-hmm. you know you, you set up these little foreshadows. It's a very fun event. It's a great scene. Right. You have the clash with the the big basketball game where Lucas is like very you know he's sad that his friends aren't there. But he fucking won the game. He had the winning shot. You know, it's very exciting. I love that rift of the, you know, because that's what this whole season's about is like they're all separated. You know, they're all struggling to be a team still. And, you know, even though it's hard to watch because everybody is separated, it's still a fascinating tale. You know, you have to have that moment of that, that rift moment so that when they all come back together in season five to fight the big bad. Right. It's gonna feel better. It's gonna feel more climactic, more like everything's been um everything they've worked forward to has been accomplished. I don't know that I necessarily agree that season four was hard to watch because of the the separation. I honestly thought that there was merit to all four sides of the story or how many sides it was. Um maybe just three. It's four once uh eleven it, gets back with Doctor yeah. Owens, I say I'll say. Um, and yeah. starts trying to find her powers also, again. I think it's also fair to say that Dr. Brunner makes another appearance, too. All right. I, like, I, I, I didn't know if that. I was going to get into it or not, but he, I I do love hey, everything that goes Owens, on there. If we're bringing up Owens, I think we have to. Yeah. It, uh, it's yeah. Some, there's some really good stuff, honestly, between Owens and Brenner because Owens is has proof throughout the show that he is much more of a humanitarian <laughs> than Brenner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but they were they, both minor villains, which is something I like, too. It's that's like, true. I, I, mean, I think I mean, he Owens, was less of a villain really. and more of a minor obstacle. Because he he yeah. wasn't he wasn't intentionally getting in the way. He was legitimately trying to help Will and contain the yeah. gate, which uh, Brenner allegedly opened, and mm-hmm. uh, he just was not listening. He he was just failing. Yeah. He just failed. We'll say that. And I do I do ha- like like the half assed like redemption arc of Brenner. It's not half assed by the creators, but like. Right. He himself isn't like really seeking redemption too hard, but I do like him coming back. Yeah, and trying. It's a di- there is we a- get to see him in a different light, uh, a slightly yeah. different because he's definitely a very evil man in that first season. Mm-hmm. That's that's the yeah. perspective yeah. we get, but we get a little bit more of of uh, his earlier perspective on Eleven and his experiments. Uh, there's a lot. A backflashes, we'll say. And I do want to mention, because yeah. it's cool, they do this CGI where they make Millie Bobby Brown look younger to play younger mm-hmm. Eleven in her flashbacks. And I think yeah. that it was pretty well done. Uh, there's a, I was, think in those fine. last I... episodes, it wasn't as good. I think they edited those last yeah. and had less time to do them because they weren't so good in those last couple of yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's there's a lot of moments where the, the de-aging, I mean, they haven't really perfected that. There's some, you know, right. like the Star Wars movies have done decent de-aging. Right. It's not good, but it's it, it's very much, it took me out of it. Um, I still appreciate what they were doing because obviously you can't have Millie Bobby Brown play that, that character right, again right. because, you know, she's aged. 
but the, so, the like, way I do they understand did it, she did it. play it again. I mean, I mean, because sometimes she would be tall, and sometimes the reflection would be the younger version. They do some really yeah. cool things with it. Yeah, I, I meant you literally can't make her look and act yes. like that young Chinese yes. child again. Act as in like a right. child. That's what I meant. Is like they 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 did what they had to, and I definitely respect what they did and how they did it. It did take me out because every time I saw it, I was just like, it does not look like a kid. <laughs> it's <laughs> I was still, like, that it's looks still like too, teenage Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> it's still too uh, uncanny valley uncanny. for you. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know. But I, I will say that um, we, we mentioned earlier, it, it's hard for me. When I said it was hard for me because of how everybody is split, This that that's what makes this hard this season hard to watch, is because everything is happening in Hawkins. There is some exciting stuff happening in Russia, but for the first like five or six episodes, it's mostly just like, look, torture. <laughs> and I'm just like, eh, it's fine. But everything that's happening in Hawkins is super exciting. And then we cut out to the stoners out in California. And I'm just like, all right, this shit's funny, but like people were dying back there. I want to get back there. I don't care what's going on here. It's a lot of heart to hearts. That's basically all that's happening in California is a lot of heart to hearts. And I mean that that shit's happening in Hawkins too. It's just surrounded by threat. Right. You know, the stakes in California, the stakes in uh, in Russia at the beginning were nowhere near the excitement excitement of there. So whenever they would cut away from Hawkins, I would be like, I would literally when that happened, I would scream at my TV like, "Fucking come on, don't do this! Like, <laughs> get back there!" Like you know, it's it's just like when you're reading that book and they cut away to. Uh, the other characters and you're just like, all right, how many pages do I have to get until I figure out what the fuck just happened? You know, it's just like, <laughs> Jesus, that that's why it was uh, a little hard is because until the, the big finales, the side stories were just boring in my opinion. Like there's a lot of interesting stuff happening and I love the characters of course, but when we would cut away, I'd be like, Oh damn it. This is why these episodes are an hour and 20 fucking minutes right. long. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think there was a lot of really good stuff. Uh, subtext wise with will and mike uh yes, and, and 11 like uh too um and i, I will say that I, I this isn't really a spoiler because they really have been building it throughout the show especially through my rewatch uh that will is gay and there's yeah. uh, is so heavily coded and hinted at and he almost has a coming out speech and i was kind of disappointing that he didn't uh, right. And I, I know that that's been a criticism that other people have said online too, but I, I just hope that there's some really good story that makes it his coming out in season five really good. Yeah, I think they have a big plan because again, like they're not afraid to go into LGBT because Robin's no. gay. Yeah, and exactly. like they've already explored her, so it's like I think they are holding it off for a more uh, poignant. It, they're trying for a better, bigger moment. You know, it's got to feel more uh, right. And I, I, you know, I think that maybe they thought it would be too, too rushy, I guess, maybe for season, like for that final episode, because so much was happening that maybe if maybe. they did that, I, mean, I don't know. Even I, that I, I too wanted it to Jonathan. happen. Like, I just felt like yeah. even if it was just to Jonathan, but I feel like also Jonathan knows. Also, I think yeah. Will oh, he knows from what yeah. he says in the second season. He says he he insults um, uh, Will and says it's not it's not my fault that you don't like Mike. girls. Mike says that insults Mike. Oh, no. Mike insults Will. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, gotcha. uh, 
and then Will runs away uh, upset. And maybe that's in season three, now that I think about it, um, because uh, he is uh, – they both just want to hang out with uh, Eleven and Max because Lucas is right. dating. And, and they've ditched D- Dutch, yeah, Dustin for some reason in season three. <laughs> but anyhow, we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> Uh, we have been honestly going on for quite a bit. We talked about maybe doing some spoilers, but I don't know. Maybe we should. Uh, yeah, I feel. I, I'm sorry. I, st- I feel like we still have to go into spoilers. You There's do. Still so okay, much to talk we about. need to take yeah. a soda prop break at the very least. Alrighty. We'll be right back after this soda <laughs> filling break. Yeah, this, this, the first three seasons took 40 minutes. I was like, we can't we can't just go 20 minutes on season four. <laughs> so we're back. And uh, before we put up the spoiler wall, I thought maybe we talk a little bit about um, how we are looking at making a new podcast that's just for our Patreon members. I haven't really come up with a title for that. I do have some suggestions that Sarah and I came up with. While you're looking for them, that episode will be uh, a very chill conversation. I'm going to be bringing in uh, the new releases I've seen in theaters, the new movies that is, including big ones like, you know, Thor, you know, the new Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, You know, spoiler-free reviews mostly. You know, it's like I'm not going to, you know, ruin the damn story for you and you're going to be bringing your your tv pitches because this is a uh i don't know if you guys have noticed this is the tv talks and there wasn't no faceless pitch so that's you know that's true. that's going to be in that episode along with other that's stuff that's true here. so we're going to do that for you guys for you guys who uh wish to join us uh we are asking for uh ten dollar pledges uh uh ten dollars a month on patreon if that is not something that you think you're able to do, but you still want to support the show, we do have smaller tiers that still allow you to participate in our monthly video, The Potato Pick. And also, you know, if supporting us financially is not something you can do right now, but you like the show, go give us a positive review and five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcast, or, you know, follow us, like us, subscribe us wherever you listen. And we'd, we'd appreciate yeah. that. Definitely. So I got some titles. Um, so let's let's see what we got here. Um, so a lot of these just have to do with potato, right? So right. Uh, we could call it uh, home fries, uh, <laughs> steak frites. You could call it uh, pomme de terre, which is just uh, potato and French. <laughs> Um, gotcha. Also, Earth Apple, which is what that means in English, pomme de terre. Um, we could call it uh, Bangers and Hash. Um, okay, okay. And, I like okay, that. Okay, yeah. And uh, the uh, twice-baked hash down. Yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, these. this is a, a list that they're all kind of uh, the same uh, here. Uh Prestidigitators, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, devastators, rehabilitator. 
I don't I don't like that one actually. Um oh, Decapitators. Man. No, that's that's silly too. Um Oof. Meditators. Rough, rough, yeah. yeah. Well this nice. here's that's here's nice. a good one. Spectators. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And commentators. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I'll uh I'll throw my boat. Uh, uh, you know, we want to hear back from you all. If you, if you know, if you have, if you liked any of those names, you know, you get it. Yeah. Just also you know, French fry flicks. I want to throw in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, French fry flicks. We were calling it that too. Yep. And uh, you know, I I will say I liked home fries. I like prestidigitators, okay. and I like bangers <laughs> and hash. I think those are three <laughs> decent ones. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we'll put. Was nice too. Commentators is pretty good too. Maybe we'll put those four up on the Patreon page for a public vote and see what happens. Maybe. Yeah. All right. That'd be fun. Well, we'll see you there. Now, uh, somebody's oh, yeah, going to come uh, up here. What? In case I was going to say, in case we didn't even say, that's at patreon.com slash green and faceless. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that because I wasn't going to say that. So. <laughs> Let's do a spoiler wall. Somebody's going to tell you where to go after if you want to not spoil season four and finish this episode yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. The wall comes down at one hour, 29 minutes, 29 seconds. And sorry for the very bad audio. Hope you enjoy. Bye. So behind safe and and sound behind that spoiler wall, uh, I will say Vecna was played by. Uh, let me get his proper name here because I only know Jamie uh, Campbell. Jamie Campbell, where's he at? Where's it he at? Where's was he at? he's uh, Jamie Campbell friendly, Bauer? Orderly, yeah. Jamie Campbell yeah. Bauer. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've I've just been loving to tell people this. I don't know why. It just it makes me very happy. Um, I know a lot of people aren't you know big <laughs> Sweeney Todd. You know, there's there's all the people who might not like Sweeney Todd out there, I guess. But he is the uh, Joanna singer, and Sweeney Todd. Right. He's the, you know, right. I feel you, Joanna. I love it. <laughs> I love that guy. He's a he's a goofy character in that in that movie. But in this, holy. Fuck is he great? He's he so yeah, intimidating. Yeah, I do uh, hope that he gets some uh, some attention for this. I'm yeah. sure he has. And been. I love, I love the the makeup and design of his uh, look. You know, I love everything mm-hmm. about it. Except, you know, he is a naked man, and there are some <laughs> like prosthetics around the mid area that just look a little weird, like kind of goofy. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of touched. Like, I feel like he would be super intimidating if he just wore like a Voldemort cloak. You know, if he just wore like a oh, black. Oh, you think he should have robe. a cloak? I don't know if I agree with that. I just wish that it, the prosthetic didn't look so weird. But basically, he but looks like Lord Zed without the, the visor. visor. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> He's fucking great, dude. I just, I love the, you know, I, I've, I've been doing that voice for a lot recently. It's just, Max. I love it. Yeah. It's so eerie. And it's like yeah. hearing him like walk down a hallway towards you. He's like, you can't run, Max. It's just like, ooh, he's coming. So, I don't like it. He he comes after Max real hard if you, if you didn't catch that. 
uh, yeah, real yeah. hard. She's, and what yeah. Vecna's curse is? Let's talk about Vecna's curse. Like I, I just like yeah. it and that in general. It's yeah. it's real real creepy. So first, he targets people who have had bad traumatic things happen in their life, and he starts sh- shooting visions like you know day visions just. All of a sudden, your surroundings change just ever so slightly and remind you uh, of this terrible thing that you've done or had happened to you in your past, as well as a clock. First is the clock, and then it's the horrible things. And then it just gets progressively worse until he actually shows up, and it's like, it's time to take you now. And, uh, yeah. uh, (laughs) It's time to take your medicine. (laughs) in, In the vision, he puts only... I, I realized that only one of his hands have those long fingernail claw things. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and he puts that, like, over their head, and his hot eyes roll back in his head, and he's doing some psionic shit. And uh, they, in real life, their body starts floating up, and their eyes are in the back of their head. And then, as we said earlier, their bones start snapping, and then uh, oh, after their gross. neck snaps back, their their eyes just explode or they're gone they implode and uh then they fall to the ground and left behind them is a little itty bitty tiny gate to the upside down oh my i love it yeah it's it's fucking like great i i love uh i loved everything about vecna and i still do love vecna he's still great But up until the big reveal, and this is big spoilers, so it's like, you know, again, you've already been warned. We're behind the wall. Yeah. Um, he's been behind everything since season one. That's right. He he was sent into the Upside Down by Brenner. Uh, he was he was one. You know how 11 is number 11. Jane is number 11. He was yeah. one. He was the first uh, right. kid being tested on. Um, he has a traumatic past, as you find out, that we don't really need you- to go into. You say that he was sent to the Upside Down by Brenner. No, yeah, sorry, not by Brenner, yeah. It was Eleven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but Brenner was looking for her, looking for him. Like, that was most of what was going (laughs) on in season one and and two. Uh, The grandfather clock is heard throughout seasons one, two, and three. There's moments where you can hear it in the background, which I think, you know, that's going to be the fun part for me. Going back and watching it is picking up these little Vecna hints. Um, but like when he went into the upside down, he came across the mind flare and, and I believe if, if, you know, if what, the way I watched it, it's like, it's a mindless, like cloud. It's just there in the upside down and he kind of inhabits it. Yeah. It still connects everything in the world. The hive mind still exists, Yeah, but the, the, the thing that makes the hive mind like some kind of. Uh, flying fungus spore flock or something. Uh, yeah. It itself doesn't necessarily ha- seem to have a motive other than to live right. in in relative harmony with with this world that exists. And yeah. Vecna even says when he's talking about it, he's like, "I've met, I found this new world untouched by man." And it really, yeah. what, is his, what does his performance remind me of? Like, a, like an old school villain. I, I don't remember. Maybe yeah. it'll hit me by the end of the, the episode, but probably not. But <laughs> he's the one who fucks it all up. 
like he says, it's untouched by man, which makes it better yeah. than than that world. But he fucks it up. Like it, like they show the upside down before it becomes a mirror of Hawkins, and it is not covered in ash cloud and and vines and stuff. No. It is. It's it's a completely different alien world, but it still looks healthy, and he corrupts right. It. And I think that was really I, cool. It really is, and like, but but the thing I hate, the thing I don't like, is when it was the mind flare, when it was just this this creature of another dimension. There was something awesome about that, about this alien creature right. coming into our dimension and trying to just destroy it. And right. now that you find out that it's just a, a kid who, you know, he, was, he liked spiders as a kid. He was really fucked up and he killed his parents right. or his mom, at least, and his sister. Well, <laughs> just like, he's an oh, adult it's just a, it's now. Just a, a younger he's an adult, adult now. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's all, that's all it is. It's just like, you know, it's just a, a, a beleaguered kid. And I'm just like, oh, well, man. okay. So, it kind of loses a bit of that that special power. I see, I see. You you think the awe is gone. So for me, what I feel like happened is he gets there, he discovers the the mind flare and takes control of it, and he basically is living as the mind flare. Like he, I feel like he right. is in the attic of the Kroll house and just sitting there. Uh, being the mind flare permanently until he is so fed up with L, he's like, I gotta do this in in person, more in person, yeah. anyways. Like he is right. trying to get. That's kind of his goal is to get back to the world and to destroy it. Yeah, and like I I like it. I do. That's the thing is I still do like Vecna. I still do like the story. It just it feels so very Lovecraftian, even though I hate <laughs> even yeah. though I hate the man Lovecraft. Like I love that scope, that big scale of this other world, all these like alien creatures, these gods, you know, these like this huge D and D like world. Mm-hmm. And then to find that that's just a vessel for a normal human being who had powers, like it's just like oh, <laughs> that's it. It's yeah. just human humans corrupting humans again. You know, it's just again. I don't know. There's. There's something beautiful about the mind flare because for most of this season, for most of season four, I thought because he's he's presented by the D and D kids as the a general for the mind That's flare, right. yeah. And I loved that idea. I liked it still being the mind flare, but Vecna is just this this one time season boss who's coming right. in to to wreck shit up, make it more personal. When the mind flare, and then the mind flare would come back in season five and be right. like, "I'm back, bitches. Let's end and this." It- and I was still, I was still for that. I just found the name for Scott Clark, Randy Havens. It's just right there, so I just wanted to say it, Randy Havens. So he is secretly credited in our behind our spoiler wall. Sorry, Randy. I don't know what I was gonna say. I just saw his was- face on IMDb, and I was like, oh shit, there he is. It was about the uh, the mind flare and, and Vecna being the oh. general. That's right. I was totally cool with that even after you started getting the idea that Henry slash the orderly slash one was Vecna. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, The mind flare has flayed this person who's super strong and is now their general. And I wonder if they'll eventually Vegeta him. But no, he's super evil. (laughs) Super super evil. evil. 
Yeah. Oh, and fun fact: I, his dad in this, uh, Henry Cool's yes, dad, exactly is played what by. To talk about next, <laughs> Robert England. Yeah, the amazing Robert England, because they they uh, um, Nancy and and Robin go to this this like it's a it's a high it's security asylum. prison asylum. Yeah, was it an yeah. insane asylum? Okay, because it's like yeah. I knew he was like locked up, but I thought it was like a prison. Um, yeah, they go there because you know he was the he, you know they they penned the original murders of. But Vecna's mom back in the late fifties, yeah. When when he was going by Henry Creel instead of right. Vecna, um, they penned those murders on the only survivor, which was uh, Victor, the father. Victor Creel, because Henry, yeah, Henry, yeah. I guess was I technically like gotta say that I love the irony of this Freddy Krueger rip. Uh, yeah. His father being <laughs> Robert England, yeah. Um, but also, I like that when they introduce him, it is de- that scene is definitely a rip off of the Clarice um, Hannibal Lecter scene, <laughs> like one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, he's not at all as uh, intimidating or criminal as oh, Hannibal no, Lecter. No, he's scary. But yeah, though, I love because he is his scary. Eyes yeah. are cut out. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a shout out, and I love it. And um, I I love to because he he turned around. I didn't know he was in it at all. And like they go up to him and they're like they're like Victor Creel, and then like he turns <laughs> around and I was just like. I was just like, I was, I was so excited. I was just like, oh my god, yeah. I couldn't believe he was in this. I'm like, it's a good grab. Like, great job, yeah. Duffer Brothers. At, Damn, you know, you're making an 80s. Wear a prosthetic. Right. It was just like, you're making an 80s love story, basically. Of course, you got to bring Robert England in. Like, I'm so <laughs> happy they did that. That was a great, great decision. But yeah, that's that was like my my biggest issues with this show were like the with this season specifically were the the crazy split, um, the long ass episode length, and then that Vic that that Vecna was the overall villain. And again, like it's not an issue. Like I love what they're I, doing. I can't wait for season five. Yeah. But like it's good you know, I, I love the mind flare. Yeah, I love that mind flare. It's so cool. And, you know, just to find out that it's just another human, just it kind of was a, a bit of like a, oh, man, humans suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But I am glad that it wasn't just the Mind Flayer again, because season three felt a little repetitive to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 that I, I'm in the same boat. I was, I was really happy. I love Vecna. He's very creepy, very, very good. But, you know, I was, I was excited that he would, might have just been, uh, you know, just the general. But then again, right. you know, maybe bringing back the, the Mind Flayer for season five would have been the exact same where I was just like, oh, yeah, just the Mind Flayer again. You know, see that in season three. So, like, yeah. you know, I I do think that the season in the show overall is much better with the path they went. I, I just I personally was like very excited for this cosmic being. And then just to find out that it's just another damn human like yeah, <laughs> fucking humanity. Well, that seems like a good behind the wall closing statement. Unless there were more spoilers, you felt you needed to talk about. I do want to talk about the uh, another again. I'm saying like all these are big issues. They're not big issues, but the the inability to kill main characters 
this show oh, has yeah. a uh, there, there's there's a lot of formula to all every season of this show, and it's pretty much if there's not action happening on screen, there's a heart to heart happening on screen between two characters. So typically, it's like you know that they'll bring in like character A and B, make sure they have a heart and heart. Characters C and D, make sure they have a heart and heart. A and D and B and C, and then in between all of that is a fun action. And you know, after a while, it does feel very formulaic. But what they're saying, all the character development, it's beautiful. I do love that. But another big formula problem the show has is: look at this new uh, new supporting character. Aren't they fun? Don't we love them? They're dead at the end. But none of the main characters. The main characters have plot armor like a motherfucker. Even when they die, when that's in air quotes, yeah. they don't die. They come I back. Am, though, since we're behind the spoiler wall, curious what they're going to do with Max. She seems rather hurt. And I'm going to cut yeah. this. But I'm just telling you right now, I am recording with my laptop microphone. Arrgh. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang it. Uh but yeah, I, I am curious too. That was the that was the first time they've actually done something big to a main character. Yeah, and yeah. you know I, I love that. I'm, I'm, I was very very saddened because I love Sadie Sink. She did an amazing job this season. But yeah. you know it's 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 very rough ending, and I'm just like, okay, I need to know what they're going to do with this character. I'm very excited for it. But all their characters the have cliff incredible fucking plot armor. Yes, one hundred percent true. But Max is what's going on with Max. Honestly, is the most cliffhanger thing they've done uh, for the end of this season, besides the big giant X and Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ! Like, what the fuck are they? That's that's just crazy. Yeah. And, and and I love also that like I don't want to spoil what the big giant X is, but I also love how they <laughs> they have the wheel the Wheeler parents just like at, being like oh now they're calling it Gates to Hell like this is stupid. <laughs> I'm this just is like yeah, stupid. even I in don't the most it. yeah Jesus even in the most they're dire circumstance dad, like yeah where nothing makes sense no matter what humans will try to find a easiest possible solution like no those aren't gates to hell we just had yeah. a weird fucking earthquake i'm sure of it <laughs> it's just i love it there's just fault so lines stupid. that nobody knew about <laughs> and yeah they just sprouted these like vines and ivy up every single building but whatever <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, good. I believe but, Hollow but, Earth but, over gates to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but like the saddest one though is like because it's a formula, you know, in season two, Sean Astin, uh, uh, here behind the spoiler wall, we can yeah. say that Sean Astin died. You know, I can't remember there was a, uh, was there a death in season th Billy? Billy in season three, even though he That's wasn't. True, but he, um, it, he was in season two though. Right. But he became like a huge, bigger supporting character in season three. True, and you know they they added the empathy there more. They like try to layer it on more at least in season yeah. three, and then he yeah. dies. You know, and it's yeah, the same I like thing that here. Vision with his mom, though I do like that. It's pretty nice. Yeah, but then here in season four, you have the saddest one yet, and this is the one that I, I heard a, a fan theory about, and I wanted to throw it your way because I think it's interesting. Um, but Eddie Eddie Munson, mm -hmm. who you know, immediately worked his way into our hearts by the end of season one, or by the end of episode one, I mean. It, he yeah. dies at the end, and it's a very heroic death. I do love his death. It's a very great scene. Um, 
he gets to play Metallica beforehand, and it's uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets, and it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, that was like, a good great ones. scene. Yeah, one of the best, honestly. Like, top five best scenes of the whole season, I will say. Um, Maybe the whole series. But, like, <laughs> that's fair. But he has, like, a, a very sad death, and I'm very upset by it because, like, I loved his character. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see how they could resolve his his Me too. pretty chaotic plot line. Um, yeah. But the, the, the fan theory I heard, apparently in D&D, um, there's a... I can't remember the the bat what the bats are based off of in the upside down. They apparently can't kill, and so in uh, in D and D, there's a character who gets like can, like bitten by the bats and becomes like a right hand man to Vecna, and then kills Vecna. Oh, so I'm like that would be pretty cool. Let I me mean, look. He at, is let me still look there. He did seem rather dead. This character, uh, Eddie, that is. He did seem rather dead yeah. when they yeah. left him, but uh, that doesn't, I mean, especially if uh, Eleven can supposedly bring Max's mind back, we will have to see. We'll have to see. Right. Uh, then um, I would say that Vecna being supposedly stronger than Eleven uh, could easily do that to Eddie. Yeah, probably. It'd be very interesting. Um, but I will, uh, I haven't done any research. This is just something a friend told me, um, at work because he had seen this, uh, fan theory. But the character's name is Cass the Bloody Handed. Cass spelled K A S. I remember uh, that character. Most, yeah. Yeah. The most trusted lieutenant of the despotic Lich, Vecna. Lick? Lich? L I C H? Lich? Lich. 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 Yep. And wielder of the sword of Cass. Yeah, he betrays Vecna, apparently. And like, That'd be cool. I'd really love to see Eddie back because I fucking loved him. He was my, one of my, uh, he was probably my favorite thing of the season. Like I loved Eddie. Favorite like, new thing, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Favorite new thing, one hundred percent. Um, in regards to acting, I guess I would say favorite. Uh, I still love Steve. Yeah, Steve is pretty great. He does a lot of. Uh, I feel like a lot of Baby his Sydney. growth happened in the in the. <laughs> There's a lot of babysitting. I feel like a lot of his growth came uh, in the previous seasons, but now he's aware of it. And yeah. he says some very wise things. And it is, I now think, he's got hair on his chest. To, he does have hair on his chest. <laughs> and we all know that that makes you a wiser man. <laughs> <laughs> man, if that were true, my wisdom stat would be 20. <laughs> is it fair to say that the spoiler wall is down so that we could have been uh um, let's do it hitting on well, that i could i could have been hitting on steve without fred right. of, of sure. the spoiler wall yeah 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 I'll, I'll close it before that so people could know that we're hitting on steve um, fabulous well, i guess i'll just leave that into my closing statement then which is you know i i still there are some negatives that i went into behind the spoiler wall but i love this season even though it's uh it's rocky because it's you know the the party is split um i love vecna i love the actor who played vecna specifically shout out to um that actor shout out to Sadie Sink ooh who is the other one what's uh what's Eddie's character's uh, actor's name Joseph Quinn those three actors were phenomenal in this season they were i loved them all like Sadie Sink has another uh, another scene 
because we, we mentioned one scene behind the spoiler wall that we mentioned is probably one of the best you said best of the series i can't argue with that i would probably say it's one of the best of the entire uh, the entire show you know and um sadie has a scene too in this season that's easily top five best scenes and again also possibly of the entire show yeah you know it's very iconic now a lot of people love that scene yeah. um it's great. It's she does an amazing job. I'm really, you know, everybody does a great job in this season. There are some characters who are pretty much useless. You know, a lot of the characters in California, with the pretty much the sole exclusion of L, and then small, small, small moments of all the other characters. Like they, they all have like minor things they do to help the plot along, but most of them are just kind of not doing anything this season. Now, yeah. the Duffer Brothers have said season five will pretty much take place all in Hawkins and all the characters will be doing shit. So, you know, they're aware of what's going on. They had to have this season to set up the finale. I give it three and a half stars specifically because it's very clear that they have a plan and all of my negatives are just falling into the, you know, it's part of the plan boat. You know, it's like, just be patient. And in the finale, it'll be more emotional. It'll be heavier, you know, harder hitting. And so I'm very much on board, still looking forward to what's going on. I love this fucking show. And, you know, season four, despite having a finale episode that's two hours and 20 minutes, definite recommend. Okay. Okay. That, that's a good score. Uh, if we're talking just season four, I'm going to give it a face and a half. And if we're talking the whole series, I'm going to give it a face and a half. Um, but <laughs> I did just find out that, uh, uh, Joe Keery um, is a little less than two months older than me. Ooh. Yeah, which... How does uh, that make you feel? It makes me feel like maybe I should shave. <laughs> 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 I still think I'm going to look way older than him. For one, the hairline. I mean, yeah, 100%. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> out of fear of, out of fear of cursing my own hairline i will not say anything anymore right. about other i definitely did that i definitely did that with my father we called him um 50 cent head and then we called him 75 <laughs> cent head um oh <laughs> but we also called him furry belly and now look at me i'm hairy and balding <clears throat> with no face with no face <laughs> so uh i i love this show as i've already said uh reasons why i love this show is that i mean i don't know it's really hard to say that there is a more creative and better written show out there that i can think of especially right. one that's currently running and uh, it's even with all the formulas that we've talked about, but it, it's because it's kind of aware of those formulas and yeah. that it, it works uh, because it yeah. is a giant reference really at the same time. It's just so good. It and has, like, it, it pulls all of our favorite things from pulp, uh, pulp culture, uh, puts them in a blender and then, and then, you know, uh, the Russo spice it up the right way. And it's a good, the good, Russos, bloody Mary. The Duffer. Uh, the Duffers. The Duffer Damn brothers. it. Yeah. Duffer it's brothers. Okay. We literally, we literally talked about the Russos like right before we started That's recording why. because they have a movie That's coming why. out. Yeah. 
There's a lot of brothers working in and just siblings in general working in films. And I love that. That's nice. That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My human brother, if you ever want to work in a film, you know, just like put in the money and let's do it. Like, I don't have money, so <laughs> You put in yourself, the money but... and we'll make a movie. <laughs> and we'll do it, man. I love it. It'll be a lot of fun. No, but uh, yeah, as you were saying, even though there's a formula, they know how to use it and they use it really well. They do. Because it's like, as, as I was saying, there's a lot of character moments, but all those are, sorry, there's a lot of heart to hearts, but they're all great character building moments. Like it, it's, they do a great job at it. They keep it entertaining, even though it might seem, you know, it might sound boring on paper to be like, all right, here's a character moment. Here's a character moment. Here's a character moment. Fight scene character moment character moment fight scene you know it's like you look that on paper it's like i think i might get bored no they they have a great way of writing it they have a great way of filming it in general it's 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 really nice you know uh, in fact you probably wouldn't have noticed that this the episodes are formulated that way if the green traveler from gorsh had not told you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you have to i feel like it has to be very obvious that after a while it's just like i don't know the people I mean, in the back i really did not uh look at it that way until you mentioned it maybe when we were maybe i would have recalled that once all the episodes were done but i didn't mm. think about it until i was about halfway through and it's like and you said that you said that that was something that was happening yeah. There's like there's literally a scene in this last season where there are six characters in a car. They just got into the car after an action scene. And in the car, the two people up front have a heart-to-heart moment. And once they stop talking, we cut to the two people in the very back. They have a heart-to-heart moment. Once they stop talking, we went to the middle. They had a heart-to-heart moment. And I was just like, <laughs> got it. You know, we made sure all of our characters talked and had a building moment. That's nice. And then right when they parked the car, there was an action scene. I was like, mm-hmm. Was this in the Winnebago or in the in the, the pizza car? Uh, it was in the Winnebago. Yeah, it was, it was okay, Steve and Nancy. Then it cut to Lucas and, uh, Lucas and Max. That's and right. it cut to Dustin and whoever was else. Maybe Robin. I can't remember. Robin? But like. Why were Dustin and Robin talking? <laughs> I don't think. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it cut to another. Like, maybe it went away. But I knew there was three character moments, and then there was an action yeah. scene immediately. And I was like, mm-hmm, got it. Like, <laughs> yep, you guys are running it. And that's fine. It's still very fascinating. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, we've 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 waxed poetic long enough. I think we made a show. I am the Green Traveler from Gorge. And I am the Faceless Leon. We thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want more of this go on down to patreon.com slash green and faceless and there hopefully be more of it soon and also (laughs) twice a week safe travels and good night green and faceless on the couch is a proud production of fiction works 19 are you a fan of the show feel free to contact us at green and faceless fans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe, or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.